someone asked me about the sermon this Sunday, and I said, it's going to be on hope. The response was, oh, good. <laughs> you know, there's uh, too many things that feel hopeless, right? I'm really longing for and looking for some real hope. And the scripture is Jeremiah, a prophet. It's a very long prophetic book, 52 chapters long. And he's writing from a context uh, that is moving from hopeless to more hopeless to more hopeless among a people that seem to be hopeless. These are people that are meant to be called to be, created to be, those who are demonstrating to the world what God's way and God's covenant love looks like. And they were failing again and again to listen to God, to walk with God, to demonstrate that way. And Jeremiah is calling him out on it. He's speaking truth. And it's a lot of bad news. And they didn't like hearing what he had to say. And so they called him a traitor, basically not a patriot. They beat him up. They threw him into prison. They did everything they could to silence him. And yet Jeremiah's message wasn't all bad news. He did have these dire predictions about their disobedience and the consequences of that and the destruction that was coming upon them. But there was good news in there too. So I want you to listen out of this very first chapter of Jeremiah, see if you can hear the good news before we get to our passage, which is good news. He says, the Lord put out his hand, touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, now I have put my words in your mouth, which is what a prophet is, right? See, today I appoint you over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to pull down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. Jeremiah was so full of messages about the plucking up and the overthrowing and the destroying and the pulling down and the overthrowing that by the time all that was unfolding in their midst, it was hard to believe that there was any good news possible at all. And there wasn't. Not from us, not from them. The nation was dismantled. Jerusalem was decimated. The temple was destroyed. The king, all the strongest people in the city were carried away to Babylon. The streets were filled with dead bodies. And yet in the midst of all this horror, beyond all of that, comes this word from God. You're invited to turn to page 738 in the Old Testament in Scripture. This is Jeremiah 33 verses 14 through 16. Words that are actually repeated twice in chapter 23 and also here in 33. Listen to God's word to you. Jeremiah 33, verse 14. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch to spring up for David, and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. And in those days, Judah will be saved, and Jerusalem will live in safety. And this is the name by which it will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. This is the gift of God's word. Thanks be to God. I think sometimes the bad news is so relentless 
and so powerful and so loud that the good news doesn't really sound big enough to be good news. It can kind of be like those good news, bad news jokes. The guy's in the hospital with two broken legs. The nurse comes in and tells him, I've got some good news and I've got some bad news. He goes, okay, I want the bad news first. So she tells him, we're going to have to remove your legs. He looks at her in disbelief and he said, well, what is the good news? She says, the guy in the next bed wants to buy your sneakers. <laughs> Not really good news. Not really funny. You know, I think our least enjoyable sermon series ever in this church was last spring when we studied and were in the Book of Lamentations. Agreed? Five chapters. This is a book in the Bible. It is non-stop lament. It is this relentless outpouring of horror and being violated and, and being devastated by Babylon. And it is this sophisticated poetry that is detailing just how horrible, just how much they're grieving the destruction of Jerusalem by Babylon. And all of this because the people refuse to live by the wisdom that we just heard in Proverbs 3. Trust in the Lord with your whole heart. Do not rely on your own insight, but in all your ways acknowledge him. He will make straight your paths. They did not do that. And so here we were in this horrific five-chapter book of Lamentations. And in our small groups, we put together some collages, naming our own laments, looking at the things going on in the world that seemed so ugly, so hopeless, lifting them up to God. Remember this? And not only did we make them in our small groups, if you weren't in a small group, they were out here in the entryway. Remember that? They were over there. That's where these pictures were taken. And this was right after the Parkland shooting. So in these collages, you probably can't see it from this distance, there was a lot of uh, alluding to, the, to gun violence and the whole issue of gun violence. And what has happened since then? I was reading up on that, and I read this. In the months since 17 students and faculty members were killed at a high school in Parkland, Florida, there have already been 138 more mass shootings in America. That's four or more people killed by one gun person, according to the Gun Violence Archive. Most notably, the 11 worshipers in a synagogue in Pittsburgh, the 12 mostly young people, young adults, in a country bar in Thousand Oaks. Really depressing. A depressing series a depressing noticing of what's going on in our world. Sometimes the bad news is so relentless, it is so loud, that the good news doesn't really sound big enough to be good news. And this is where Jeremiah is standing when Jeremiah writes these words, this message from God, and he proclaims with full confidence, the days are surely coming, says the Lord when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel, to the house of Judah, in those days, at that time, I will cause a righteous branch to spring up for David, 
He shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. And in those days, Judah will be saved. Jerusalem will live in safety. This is the name by which it will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. And I just wonder what that promise sounded like to them at that time. No nation left. No temple. No Jerusalem. No king. No legs. And for 600 years, there would be no king on David's throne. It was a dead stump. And the bad news was so complete that Jeremiah's words must have sounded like a bad joke. They could not possibly imagine anything hopeful after all that they had lost. But notice where the hope comes from. It does not come from what we can see. It does not come from what we can imagine. But from outside, our best solutions, the Lord is our righteousness, Jeremiah concludes. And you know, when the good news of what God says doesn't sound big enough, doesn't make sense to us, doesn't seem like a solution, it's really easy to latch on to what does, what's at eye level within reach, within sight. There is a speaker series, um, San Mateo speaker series that I subscribe to and they bring people who speak to all kinds of topics, um, sometimes economy, sometimes entertainment. Ken Burns is coming next. Last week, it was former Vice President Joe Biden. And as he was speaking in that room that night, I felt like he embodied the hopes that are at eye level for us. You could almost feel palpably this hope and this longing among many people there. Is he going to run for president or isn't he? And even as we grieve a George H.W. Bush and a John McCain and remember the legacy of strong leaders in this country, there is this sense of a hope for this person to lift us out of whatever quagmire we are in. Another hope that I heard in the room that night came out of Joe Biden himself. He's a very soft-spoken man, very eloquent, very wise, but very soft-spoken. And the only time he really raised his voice and got very energetic and very passionate was when he was talking about the potential of this country, living up to our ideals, in the strongest military in the history of the world, and the influence we can have. And it was obvious that for him, his hope comes from our innovation, our impact on the world. Another hope within reach. And then at the end of his talk, he's done a lot of work on cancer research, right? So in the Q&A, he was asked about that, the moon pill. And so he was talking about the advances in technology. And once again, there was this sense of hope embodied at eye level in these things. Important things. Leaders are important. Governments are important. Using our brilliance to solve problems in the world are important. But maybe we can understand what got Israel into trouble in the first place. Trusting 
in their own solutions instead of God's. I've been asking people as we enter into Advent what their longings are for this Advent as they look at where we are in the world and in their own lives. And it's been very interesting to hear people's answers. And some of them have overlapped. People have talked about health, loved ones who have cancer. They have talked about divisions in our country, but divisions also in our own families, grieving, agonizing over alienation, dysfunction. One person talked about what's going on with the environment, care for creation. And these longings invariably take us down the road of bad news. Bad news that is so big that we aren't quite sure how we're going to fix it. But we desperately want to. Perhaps in the next election. Perhaps if America lived out her ideals. Perhaps with advances in technology. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel, the house of Judah, in those days, at that time. I will cause a righteous branch to spring up for David. He shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. And in those days, Judah will be saved. Jerusalem will live in safety. And this is the name by which it will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. I don't know. Maybe it doesn't sound big enough, does it? For everything for which we are longing. You know, when Jesus was born, this very vulnerable baby, born in a barn, he did not look big enough to counter the bad news at work in the world, did he? And when he began his ministry, roaming the countryside of Palestine, on foot, homeless, yes, teaching with authority, doing amazing miracles, yes, a great rabbi, but he was not somebody who was going to overthrow the powers that oppress the empire, that oppresses and usher in God's reign. So maybe we can see why the people were hoping for a more powerful Messiah. And maybe we can see why they were hoping for the nation of Israel to be restored, the throne of David to be restored. Maybe we can see why they rejected God's righteous branch springing up from the stump of Jesse, especially when he was crucified. And he didn't even stand up to the powers of the world. And that was the end of that. But real hope doesn't come from us. It comes from God. It does not come from what we can imagine or come up with. It doesn't come from this world. It comes from beyond this world, beyond life, beyond death. When we were in the Lamentation series, there was one Sunday that was on hope. Do you remember it? It was your Sunday. Lamentations 3, in the midst of all that horror, for this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. 
that steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness, O Lord. Maybe it didn't sound big enough then, did it? But I want you to turn with me back of the Bible. Hebrews 1, page 218. Hebrews 1, Lamentations promise sounds too small. Jeremiah's promise sounds too small. And then we read this first paragraph in Hebrews. Long ago, God spoke to our ancestors, including Jeremiah, in many and various ways by the prophets. But in these last days, he's spoken to us by a son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom he also created the worlds. He is the reflection of God's glory and the exact imprint of God's very being. And he sustains all things by his powerful word. And when he had made purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. The Lord is our righteousness. This is our hope. This is our hope. We did not dream this up. This came from outside of our bad news, beyond our bad news, beyond our destroying and tearing down and our gun violence and our injustice. It's come from beyond us. From the one who is in control, who sustains all things with his word and with his love. The Lord who has come in Jesus Christ and is here now saving us and will come again. Let's pray. God, we are filled with longing and we in this room are gifted problem solvers and it is very hard to wait to see the injustice, to see the violence, to see the despair, to see what we are doing to your world and to one another. But, oh God, we praise you that you've not given up on us, that your steadfast love never ceases, that you have come to heal and to save from beyond anything that can destroy you. Lord, fill us this Advent, not only with longing, but with your hope. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.